Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, if there's Levert, it's cold. Levert, back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday, shot clock down to six. Finds one. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Cornrows podcast. I'm your host, Mars Schindler. I'm coming at you after the Timberwolves Pacers game uh, for another episode of Pacers After Dark. Really excited to be joined by Katie Davidson, who has written at a, a numerous uh, great publications, uh, and she's thriving and surviving up in Minnesota. Apparently, Minnesota <laughs> was warmer than Ohio today, and uh, my dog is very happy because it was one degree here. He's mostly husky, um, so we were walking all over the place, uh, much to my chagrin. But how are things on your end before we even get into basketball? They're good. It got up to 12 today, so it's like um... – a summer day for uh, us in Minnesota. It's a Midwest <laughs> podcast, you know, when, when, whenever you start with weather, it's the Midwest, but yeah. I think, yeah, Monday morning I woke up and it was like negative 19, so I will oh, take geez. 12, so. Wow. Yeah, my uncle lived in Minneapolis for a while, and I remember okay. I went up to visit him, and uh, it was just a whole different experience. Like, I played hockey all my life. Okay. So, I, I, you know, I'd play outdoors when it's like 10 degrees out, and Going to Minneapolis in the middle of, of February is uh, it's an experience, people. Let me tell you, um, I, I wouldn't personally recommend it. It's a lovely city, but not in February. Um, <laughs> Fair. Speaking of being in Minneapolis in February, there was a game tonight. Uh, Pacers won a really close one, 134 to 128 in overtime. Uh, but before we even get into it, the first thing I want to ask you about, Jared Vanderbilt is like one of my – I'm sure that's not where you – we're expecting me to go and uh, most people <laughs> listening probably not either I don't care I love Jared Vanderbilt like I don't have a negative thing to say about him I know he has like no offensive touch whatsoever right now um, but he is fantastic to watch to anybody who didn't catch the game yesterday um, really tight game against the Lakers and Jared Vanderbilt guarded LeBron down the entire stretch of the fourth quarter and was fantastic on him Um I know this team is seven and twenty-two now, but uh, I remember I talked to Dane Moore probably uh, three or four weeks ago, and we were talking okay. about you know how <laughs> rough the the Timberwolves were, and I think you know you're seeing over the last couple of games they've been relatively close. Wolves have been in every game. How are you feeling just on a on a positivity standpoint with the team right now? Um, I think tonight, like I tweeted this, tonight was the most fun I've had as a Timberwolves fan, and I think that's um, largely due to players like. Jared Vanderbilt, he didn't have his best game tonight, got into some um, foul trouble there. But like Jaden McDaniels, um, he was so fun defensively, especially Nas Reed. Oh, my gosh. Um, That was really fun. Um, Obviously, Jordan McLaughlin, that partnership with Nas Reed is really fun. So these young guys are just really exciting me. And I didn't even mention Anthony Edwards, who didn't have the most efficient night tonight, um, but like almost sealed the game. That <laughs> bucket was like yeah. in, it went down and came out so mad. But um, so those young guys, I think are the most exciting thing for me. Um, obviously Malik Beasley has had a really, really, really good season. And mm-hmm. like, I have had to eat a lot of words about Malik Beasley this season. Um, but I still think I'm most excited about these young guys and just like their energy that they bring to the game. So that's been one bright spot for the wolves this year. So 
Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I mean, obviously D'Angelo Russell was out tonight, but Ricky Rubio looked kind of like himself again tonight. Maybe even yeah. a little bit more so. He went three of six from three, um, which I was I was not ready for. Uh, but yeah, I mean, especially to Cat. Cat seemed a little. I don't want to say off tonight. That's that's another thing that's hard to gauge too. I mean, he puts mm-hmm. up thirty and ten, but um, how have you kind of handled that this year, uh, or just like? expectations is maybe the wrong way to put it, but um, obviously Kat's been through the ringer, uh, had yeah. COVID. Um, so how are you kind of gauging and assessing, you know, his play and um, and anything around that, you know, I feel like that's gotta be really difficult to, right. to do. And like, I'm not covering, I haven't written anything about the team this year. Um, and, but I just, I think it would be so difficult to really grade Kat this year. And maybe that's mm-hmm. just my, um, fault of being too, I don't know, not being able to pull myself away from it as much, but I just like, I'm just amazed that he's playing this season. Um, especially after he himself contracted COVID and it sounds like he had a pretty um, scary case of it too. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like if I was writing, I would probably have a better answer for you, but I feel like the fact that I am more just a fan this season, I'm just like, it's really hard to criticize anything he does um, just because I'm just amazed at how he's carried himself this season and um, just what he's been through is just, um, I just can't imagine any of it. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think I've kind of had that same mindset as well. It's uh, it's, it's like, that's, that's just kind of the way that I wish more people would tackle it, you know, like, believe it or not players, human beings, who would have right. thought. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's been cool just seeing um, seeing his personality come through. Like as as much as it sucked to to be to see why you know it's had to come through in some of his interviews. Like um, just getting to see who Cat is as a person is uh, is kind of incredible. Um, I will add one thing too. One thought I had about Cat during this game, especially when these young guys were kind of like shining or having their moments, was it just. I don't, I don't know, like, I kind of wish I could watch him on a team that had more vets and that were ready to um, contend earlier. And I, I, I just don't know how long it's going to last with him in this young squad and him having to be the one um, who leads the team. I, I just don't know how that fit is going to work yet. So that's actually really funny because when I talked to Dane about that, he said the same thing. And I had not thought about the idea of Cat anywhere other than Minnesota uh, before that. And now hearing the same thing, too. Um, and I, I I kind of felt that watching tonight. Um, you know, he he's pretty animated on the court, especially mm-hmm. if uh, if things go wrong and understandable. Uh, but, you know, I was thinking about this last night, too, and watching them play the Lakers, like as good as Anthony Edwards was, all I could think about was, Malik Beasley standing in the corner, not getting the ball. And he's probably been the the Wolves' best player this year. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is not getting the ball at the end of the game. Like, it's so hard to think, like, okay, how are you going to develop this guy, the number one overall pick next to, uh, you know, Carl Anthony Towns? Like, I mean, that's it's it's so hard to kind of break down that dichotomy and look at it. Um, And they're just in a really interesting but awkward place in terms of uh, where the team's going development-wise. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And like Kat last year, obviously was the leader um, the year before was when Jimmy was still on the team to start the season, at least. And Tibbs was still there and Kat kind of had a little bit more of a diminished role as far as leadership mm-hmm. goes. And then last season, um, 
kind of took that on. But now this year it's like supposed to be his team from the start, but he has all this other stuff going on too. And so I just, I don't know how he's really able, like you said, um, to be his a hundred percent self along with being the leader on this team too. So I don't know. It's hard to grade, but yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, hopefully there will be some more clarity with it moving forward, but um, it's, it's a, it's a long and simultaneously short season. Like somehow we're already almost to the trade deadline. It's in like five weeks now, I think. Um, so we're, we're not, not, I'm not trying to say that there's going to be a trade happening, but just, <laughs> like, you know, that's normally like towards halfway point of the season. Right. Um, another thing I had to bring up too, uh, Jordan McLaughlin, one of my favorite players to watch too. He's just, he plays so hard and one of the fastest guys in the NBA and, it, you know, playing against TJ McConnell. I pulled out the Spider-Man meme where it's the two <laughs> Spider-Mans pointing at each other. It's literally like they are so similar. Obviously, they, they have different skill sets, but in the way that they play um, and, and just like the way that they attack the game, it, it feels like watching uh, very similar players just in like uh, in, in different jerseys sometimes. Yeah, I will always root for J-Mac no, no matter like who he's playing for. He's just, I remember last season, like he'd come up like unexpectedly from Iowa just to play in a game when they needed him had like little time to practice with the team and was just ready to go all the time and just like always smiling in scrums and just excited to be there and just so humble and a lot of games this year he's been the Timberwolves best point guard out there and um, obviously not getting paid like the best point guard or who's supposed to be the best point guard on this team but so he and Nas Reed were so fun tonight and their chemistry. Um, I just hope to see that continue for many years with the Timberwolves, but. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, Nas is awesome too. I've really enjoyed watching him. Like uh, just like, he, again, a guy who came like totally out of the woodwork. Um, he's still not like he, he, I mean, he's not great <laughs> defensively. He's not super right, mobile, right. but like he can kind of block shots. He's a good rebounder. And I mean, he shoot his shot is money. He's shot like close to 40% this year, I think. Um, had a lot did it had a much bigger impact on the game tonight in 18 minutes than I was expecting. Yeah. Um, me too. <laughs> but he's just been he's been a really fun player this year. Um, like you mentioned though, with with McLaughlin, um, something that I thought was funny because I like like I mentioned, like his impact numbers are really good. Um, he, you can just see watching on court how good he was. Was it kind of confusing to you that the front office brought uh Ricky in? considering that they had J-Mac right behind <laughs> D'Angelo Russell. Cause that was my first thought in the off season. I was like, I like Ricky Rubio, but like they have Jordan McLaughlin. Like why, why bring in Ricky Rubio? Yeah. I mean, you have to realize like Ricky Rubio is probably the second favorite Timberwolf of franchise history after mm -hmm. Kevin Garnett. So like at first I think everyone was just like, just on this high that Ricky Rubio was coming back when we found out draft night um, that they got him. But then I remember like texting my friends and just being like, wait, how does, how does this work at all? Like D'Lo was told this was going to be his team. He'd be like the ball handler and just ha get to run the team um, as his own. And then adding Ricky Rubio to quote unquote, like um, be a mentor for Anthony Edwards and um, do all this other stuff. And it hasn't, it hasn't, looked good with D'Lo whatsoever um yeah. but I don't know and it's 
I, I wish D'Lo was there. I wish I, we could see him play with Cat, but it's also Ricky Rubio has looked a lot better without D'Lo on the court too. So that's not a good thing, but um, I mean, at least he's playing well um, right now. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what's been so weird with the season because, I mean, Ricky has never been a good off-ball player. Um, not that he doesn't try, but, like, it, it just has felt very awkward whenever he and D'Lo share the court. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't work, and and you've seen that a ton, especially early in the year. Um, and now, I mean, like you mentioned with D'Lo, he was obviously out tonight, and he's going to be out for a while now. Um, but I think he and Cat have played, what, five games together now since the trade last year? And that's it, yeah. Like, which is – kind of heartbreaking but at the same time unfortunately it's like just i mean the pacers know that's that's how it works uh with with injuries um but okay so i'll I'll turn the table we'll get we'll get back to the wolves but what did you think of the pacers tonight i would love to get your thoughts on what you thought of the team tonight um i felt like oh that was a presumptuous um i'm a little nervous (laughs) um i mean i I think of the Pacers and like any Indiana basketball is like being gritty and whatnot. Mm. So the fact that like this Timberwolves team who were on the second night of a back-to-back could hang with them all night was kind of um, surprising to say the least. I felt like there were a lot of times where the Timberwolves just got like loose balls and um, offensive rebounds that they shouldn't have been anywhere near. Um, So I was kind of surprised by that. I haven't watched the Pacers too much this season so I was a little bit um um unimpressed I guess but I mean Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon I love Malcolm Brogdon so much um so they were obviously put on a show tonight and were able to pull it out against the Wolves in overtime but um that's not exactly the (laughs) something that uh, a lot of teams are unable to do so yeah it's not exactly something to hang your hat on that is is, that's a good way to put it it's uh it's been interesting to to try and and think about how to how to um how to have discourse on it i think would be the way to put it like um obviously karis levert and tj warner out and have been out tj played four games um and karis fortunately is healthy um now um so story. yeah, yes, that's it's just really lucky everything has worked out that way. If, even if he doesn't play this year, I don't I don't care. He's healthy, so that's like mm-hmm. that's a win. Um, but I think in looking at like how to assess the team, talk about them. Like, yes, they're gone, but I think that gets brought up a lot. And I think it's more importantly, okay, well, what's going on on court? And I think the team is a lot better than they've shown on court. And it's a little frustrating because I, just watching the defense tonight, um, like Demonis Simonis is not the greatest defender in the world. That's that's for sure. But uh, they play a really aggressive ball pressure defense um, and put Domas out on the perimeter quite often. Uh, he ends up getting switched on to guys a lot. And more importantly, he's just, I mean, he's never really by the basket. Um, so it's not even that he gets blown by a lot. Like, I mean, I think he had Ricky on him a couple times and he never really let Ricky get to the basket. But Ricky would just dump the ball off to somebody cutting. And the, the weak side help is a guy who's like six foot four. So, I mean, it's uh, it's it's a little confusing. It's like, well, what are we doing here? If we don't have the personnel to, to play that way, it's a little confusing. Um, and also, too, I mean, it's just it's weird. Like, I don't know what, what you thought. Miles didn't even play in overtime until like the last 35 seconds. And that's been um, over the last five or six games. They've kind of been switching off who's closing games, um, which when you're playing when you're paying uh, $36 million combined to yeah. two, two guys who basically play the same position. If they can't close together, uh, that's a little concerning. Um, but 
yeah, it's been, it's, it's really weird to try and think about what, where they are and what they are, because um, of course we're seeing what they're doing now. And it's like, uh, not great. I mean, they're 15 and 14, but then also um, it's like, well, we know that the two of the biggest pieces of the team are missing, but again, in watching what they're doing now, it's hard to be, um, I'm not negative about it, but I think there's a lot going on that could be better. Were how did you react when um, the getting Levert and trading um, Oladipo to Houston? What was your initial reaction to that? Yeah, so it's, it's actually really funny because that was in the middle of a Western Conference road trip. So that was my first Western Conference road trip ever. Uh, and I was very tired. So <laughs> I was thinking I, I laid down for like my first nap of like, you know, like the week. Um I think at like four o'clock EST and then my phone started buzzing like before I could even close my eyes and it was because the the trade had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I immediately, of course, nap did not happen. Um, I think the way I put it, the Pacers were confident they weren't going to get that, that Victor wasn't going to resign. Um, and I, I really like Harris. He's a, he's a slight, yeah. he's like two, two years younger than Victor. I believe he's 26. Um, I need to see more of him on court, but also it's like different because he's never been in like the, the kind of uh, context that the Pacers are going to be in. Uh, so I think he's going to have the ball in his hands a little bit less. He's going to have more opportunities to do things off ball. Mm-hmm. I think overall the, the way I look at it is, you know, you're, you actually got um, some kind of value back, uh, which I hate like deducing players down to just saying, you know, value or, or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't know. I think overall, uh, you get the opportunity to build off of something with more potential and he, he fits the timeline of the team moving forward. Um, so I, I was pretty happy with it. I, uh, it, it sucked to see Vic go, um, especially like just the way that the last few months kind of worked out with him. Yeah. Um, and some of the stuff that came out that was uh, exciting to cover. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that would be my ultimate reaction. I think I would be in, I would have the same opinion if I was a Pacer fan. I love Karis Levert. Um, so I'm really excited to see what his career does once he is healthy again. And just, I cannot believe that story about um, his physical and everything and how that was, how that went down and how they are able to find the tumor through that. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's really crazy too, because I remember uh, like watching the game where he scored 43 points, like three or four nights before the trade happened. Um and it's, it's just weird to me, too, because, like, I mean, I, I mean, I'm obviously not an athlete anymore, but, like, being an athlete then, like, I just think about, like, all the times where I skipped out on something so that I didn't have to get an injury checked out or, like, whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm, like, it, I mean, he wouldn't have gotten a physical until the next year, which is just, yeah. I mean, obviously stuff would have happened before then. Um, so it's, it's like, it's mind-boggling to think about. And it's it's just – I'm glad things worked out the way that they did, for sure. Um, but I think he'll be a really good – really good add to the team and more importantly too just like as a human being dude is awesome yeah Yeah, like i i because i uh a lot of my family went to u of m so i had like followed him when he was in college um, and saw all of his stuff uh it was like btn did like a couple of really big profiles on him and um he went to school not too far from me in ohio so um yeah I'm, i'm really excited to see him um going back to the wolves though what have you uh, what have you liked from Jaden McDaniels? Because I really like Jaden McDaniels. He was he, like again, his his stats or anything don't pop off. Um, 
but in terms of what he's doing defensively now, like he finished with three blocks tonight, Mm -hmm. but it's not just in blocking shots. Like he's really good chasing weak side. He can play a little bit on ball. And also I think he's just like, other than Jonathan Isaac and Mikhail Bridges, he might be like the biggest wingspan guy in the league. (laughs) Like I feel like he could just envelop whoever drives at him. Uh, But I'm really excited for his future. Yeah, I also like that, like I saw Britt Robson tweet this tonight and I hadn't thought about it, but we there's so many players on the Timberwolves that are like not two-way guys. Like you, they're going to be an offensive liability if you want them on the court for defense or they're going to be a defensive liability if you want them on the court for offense. And McDaniels isn't like a superior shooter by any means, but he can shoot the ball and like you mm. can have him on there. You don't have to sub him out for offense. Um, and I, he had a huge three tonight, had a nice steal. Um, I can't remember what else he did, but in crunch time, but he, and he also just doesn't force things, um, yeah. as a rookie. And I, I think he, it just looks, he looks comfortable out there and, um, especially tonight. And I think that's really big. I don't know. I like players that aren't super flashy like that and just can play their role. Um, and like I said, don't force things. So. I'm excited about his future with the team. Yeah, definitely. And that, that's kind of how I felt with Malcolm Brogdon tonight. Like he's been uh he's been in a really bad rut actually the last like probably two, two, three weeks now, uh, pretty much since the Victor Oladipo trade. He is uh he's struggled from the floor. Um and tonight was probably his best game since January. Um, just really was not forcing anything. Like I wouldn't have even noticed that he shot 22 times until <laughs> I checked. Like it was it was fantastic to see him look really comfortable again. Um yeah, no, it was uh I, I'm I'm just excited for McDaniels. Like it was it's funny too, because he had like a I don't know how like into the draft you are. I'm not like I don't have enough time to really keep up with the drafting mm-hmm. in the entire league. Um, but like I knew coming out there were a lot of questions on on Jane just because he was uh like not really very efficient or saying not really that's like I think he had like 49% true shooting last year at Washington, which is not good. Um, but it's right. so it's been cool to see him translate the way that he has. Um, another thing I have to ask, what do you think of the modest bonus? Cause in, in talking to, uh, to people who are not around the Pacers or aren't, aren't, aren't Pacers fans. I, I, there is a lot of, uh, a lot of different thoughts on, on what people think of the modest bonus. I like him. I think he has a good game. Um, I, like I said, I haven't watched a ton of the Pacers mm-hmm. this year, but, um, have like checked box scores and obviously numbers don't sit, tell everything, but, um, I don't know. I thought he just has a really clean game, I guess. He's not super flashy. And like I said, I like players like that, but that's not exactly mm-hmm. what everyone attaches to. Um, I don't know. I thought Nas Reed hung in there pretty well with him tonight. Um, but I, I like Sabonis as far as he seems pretty level-headed from what I've seen. Maybe you could correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I appreciate that in players too. Yeah, he is like for the most part. Um, I think if I mean, I, I, this is just with like a gut reaction. I don't have any numbers in front of me. I, I want to say the Pacers are close to lowest in the league in terms of text. Like they just don't get text very often. Um, but yeah, Domas is actually like he's level headed, but he can get like really frustrated when he gets fouls. Like I know he's really hard on himself um, and it comes through in his interviews, too. Like he, he's like very much like all about basketball. Like you'll ask him a question and he'll be like. He'll give you like he he's and not even a bad way. He's just like he's the short response guy. Okay. Um, so yeah, but uh, 
but he's great like really good dude um and i also i always forget how young he is like he's only 24 right now oh my um, gosh I right did not know that. Like, yeah I, I always like think of him because just like the way that like part of it's probably the beard too yeah <laughs> i always think he's like 27 or 28 i'm like oh no he's only like a year older than me so that's different um so an, another thing i gotta ask too anthony edwards like <laughs> how much just watching his, his interviews like He's uh, I tweeted this out uh, last week. I actually, I think you responded to it too. I, I was I yeah. asked about the all vibes team and Anthony Edwards was the number one nomination for all vibes. Uh, and just, you watch four or five of his interviews. Uh, this dude is awesome. Like I, I don't even care about watching him play basketball. I just want to watch him get interviewed because he seems like super personable and just like a oh, really great sure. kid. And uh, yeah. what have you thought of him so far, both on and off court? I, like I just said that I like players who aren't flashy, but I feel like <laughs> with Anthony Edwards, it's just like not forced, whatever. Like he's not trying to be cool or like say the right thing that's going to get him quoted on uh, Bleacher Report or whatever. He, it, I, I just feel like it's so natural to him. Like he's just saying what's on his mind. And I really appreciate that in players. Like I remember before the draft, how everyone was like, oh, don't draft him. Like he said that he doesn't watch basketball that much or that this is just a job for him, blah, blah, blah. But like, I really appreciate that in players, like how honest they are or when players are honest. And I feel like we always get that from Ant, <laughs> no matter what um, yes. his opinion is. And I think that's that that as a reporter is so much more fun than just like the scripted, oh yeah, we played well, we're like, blah, blah, blah. We'll get it next time. We'll work on these things, blah, blah, blah. And so I think Ant is just so much fun, but yeah, it's refreshing to anybody who hasn't seen it. Um, I'll probably tag it down below, but the, uh, you, oh gosh, I think it was last week when he, uh, he had Popeyes at his interview. That was, <laughs> that was, that was awesome. I absolutely love that. Um, yeah, he's great. Uh, I can't wait to watch more of him too. Like, especially like you know, it's hard to to look at rookies sometimes because, I mean, just inconsistency. Like, that's been a thing for him. He's really been good, like, the last couple of weeks. Like, last night, he split a double team that, like, down the stretch. Um, and I actually – I said it was, he split a triple, a triple team because Ricky set a pretty bad screen. Um, <laughs> but, like, I mean, that was – I mean, he's just he, – he does things on court that are ridiculous. Like, he almost ended someone's life tonight with a dunk. Luckily, it did not go in. But like, yeah, he's he, like his his <laughs> lift on uh, when he's getting to the rim. It's just ridiculous. Like he he has it and I'm excited to see him put it together. Um, one last question I want to ask, though. What are your thoughts on how Jarrett Culver fits into everything? Because he has missed like a pretty decent chunk of this year, obviously. And even in watching, um, it's just been I, 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 I say awkward again, but it has been kind of awkward with Jarrett like. Oh, yeah. He's obviously starting most of the last year. Uh, did not have a great rookie year, at least offensively. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just been, I, I mean, it feels like he's kind of relegated to a bit of a back role on this team. Yeah, I think saying it's been awkward is like the nicest way to put it, probably. <laughs> um, I don't know. I. It's just, I think it's, it's a really hard story for Jarrett, like being the number six pick and like, they traded Dario Sarge to get him. And obviously we're going for, um, uh, they wanted uh, a different player and the Cavs took him and then they landed with Culver and it just hasn't worked out. And I just remember like last year, you've probably heard stories about this where 
like Culver was in practice or a pregame and just like how nervous he would look shooting mm-hmm. in an empty gym. And just like, I, I just feel like that. I don't know. I thought last year, like it would just be a mental game and maybe he'd come into a sophomore season. And we saw that at the start of the year, as far as seeming more relaxed, more confident. And I think as fans, we kind of like latched on to his first couple of good games because there wasn't a lot of other good things to latch on to with the Timberwolves at the start of the season. And then it it just kind of came down back to earth and it's, he just has looked when he was healthy, um, like he's forcing things again or just not comfortable with his game. And that's really like, I want him, I want to see him succeed because he's seems like a really good guy. Um, and it just hasn't looked good yet. Um, but I don't know how, I don't know that there's much of a market out there for him. Maybe teams will look at his game and look at the potential and think that they have the personnel to, um, build him up or make him into something, but it just has not worked here. And I, I can't remember, it must've been Dane's podcast. Cause that's like the only Timberwolves podcast I listen to these days, but, um, like he, it was either him or Britt who said, you don't hear about many Timberwolves players, like, um, talking about how much they love playing with Jarrett Culver. Um, like you don't hear that a lot from Cat or other veterans on this team. Not a lot of veterans, I guess, but we heard that about uh, Josh Okoge, his rookie season and this year, and just haven't really had that same enthusiasm about Jarrett Culver. And that's, I think that's kind of an indicator, but. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully things turn around for him because I, I really enjoyed watching him at Texas Tech and uh, like seeing some of the flashes last year too. Um, but obviously it's different because I don't get to watch every game, but we'll, uh, I'm hopeful for him. It's It's been kind of that way with Aaron Holiday this year too, not to a lesser extent because he's a little bit older and this is his third year now, but he, uh, this was the year I was really, thinking uh i mean he looked awesome in the bubble comparatively to you know how he'd been playing um and i thought i mean jeremy was supposed to like he missed until uh january which i think was right when he was supposed to come back or uh yeah it was january i thought it might have been december but um like i thought there was a real chance for jeremy to god jeremy for aaron to step in to to the six man role and uh really up his play, but things have just like, he's ended up having the ball in his hands even less. And he feels like he's forcing shots whenever he gets the ball. Um, And it just, it it hasn't worked out for him. He had a decent game tonight and I'm hoping uh, that that can kind of translate to some more moving forward. Um, But again, it's like, it's one of the things that I think gets lost in the sauce a little bit when looking at teams, like um, there's always one or two young players who never quite, make sense with the team once they start playing for trying to be a competitive team because that's another thing that's weird about this this minnesota team we're not even weird but it's just different like because they have the worst record in the league this year i believe um but they're not trying to be bad like yeah. and, and i don't even mean that to dog you but like that's just because I, I remember just like thinking about that like I, I was thinking about that like a month ago and that's why i wanted to talk about the the wolves because it's like this team is like, they're not in a place where they're trying to go for draft picks right now. You know, like it's a, it's a very, it's a very weird predicament to be in. And when you watch them in fourth quarters, it, you have to question, are they throwing games intentionally with some of their rotations or just their substitutions and everything? And 
that is so frustrating to watch. Um, so I don't know. I just hope that they can all be healthy at one point and they can just at least brings home hope for the future because that, I, and like, I'm, <laughs> if anyone follows me on Twitter, they know I love Andrew Wiggins and, uh, but I have like understood that trade that that had to go down um, because he was not finding success here. And, but now like with that, um, that first round pick attached to it, it's really, really, yeah, really painful. tough. Yeah. Okay. So all right. I promise the last two. <laughs> no, I, you're I, good. I keep thinking <laughs> things. Um, number one, speaking of Andrew Wiggins, um, when the report came out um, <laughs> of him and going to Glenn Taylor, what was that like for you to experience? And like, what was your thought when that happened? And to people listening, like I, I, you could probably explain it even better than I can, but what was that like? Because that has just got to be like, I can't, I, I remember when I saw it, I think I was like a sophomore in college when that happened. Um, and I was just like, that happened. Like, I thought it was a fake headline for a second. And then he actually got, he got the money. And like, I don't have anything against Andrew. I think that there's a lot of, uh, some of the discourse is really unfair there, but. Um, yeah. You're talking about when he was like, I promised to get better yes, like, before yes, his max yeah. contract. Um, yeah. I think I remember like joking, like were pinky promises included in this ordeal. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think like, I really wish that quote hadn't come out of it. I yeah. think they had to make that deal with him. Um, and obviously I'm biased because I, <laughs> probably have more um, confidence in Andrew, in Andrew Wiggins than the average person. But um, I, looking back on it now, it, it's awful, but I, I don't know. At the time I was, I kind of understood it that that whole story though was just um, pretty funny and pretty Timberwolves-esque. So nothing new around here, I guess. But Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So last thing. Uh, because this one, I mean, this one's very rampant on Twitter and I'm sure it is tonight as well. Uh, I'm not super connected with Wolves Twitter, but I think I have enough mutuals <laughs> that I, if I check the timeline, I'll see a bunch. Um, but what are your thoughts on Ryan Saunders? Um, yeah, this is, it's really hard. And like, I am terrible at, um, just looking at things objectively and not mm-hmm. thinking about who the person is, um, on the other hand, but like. I think it's pretty fair to say that Ryan Saunders would not be in this position if he was not Flip Saunders' son. And um, that's really tough. Um, I don't know. I I feel like his last last hope or the reason that he's not hasn't been fired yet is that they just want to see this pairing between Kat and D'Lo more um, since they have only played five games together. But um I don't know. I I think too, like Kat's relationship with Saunders is also what has kept him from being um, fired so far. But I just feel like there's gonna get to a point where I don't know, like Kat. I I I don't know, like how strong their if their relationship is so strong that Kat will be like, no, I never want Ryan Saunders to get fired if that means not being able to contend. Um, but I would, I don't know. I just, I like, personally, I think he should have been fired earlier this season. Um, but I, I feel like it's going to be, again, they want to see D'Lo and Cat play together 
more so before that they actually make that final decision. And yeah. I also think like Rosas has not constructed a good team. Like he has not given Saunders a lot to work with. And um, I think Rosas definitely needs to take some of the blame, but like Saunders is definitely going to be gone before Rosas is. So what do you do? Yeah, exactly. I think I, 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 I kind of, fall in line with that a little bit too because i remember uh it was one of one of dane's pods that that he was talking about with um you know the fact that it's not even like like when you really look at it roster wise and i remember just like at the beginning of the year i was looking at this wolves roster and i was like this team is not like they're i don't i just don't know how how they do do stuff to win like and it's not even the guys aren't trying hard i think that's one of the things that's most frustrating to look at like teams um that aren't playing well you know, I think there's a tendency for, for fans to be like, oh, they're just not playing hard. And you watch the Wolves play and like they play incredibly hard. Um, like, I, I don't think you can like, I mean, there are, of course, like there's always going to be lapses right. or whatever. But like Malik Beasley, like mm-hmm. that dude plays his ass off. Not yeah. always like in the most constructive way on defense, but like he's playing his ass off. Mm-hmm. Um but I think like the Kaius Duncan, who is a friend of mine, like I'm sure you know he's from Twitter. Mm-hmm. He wasn't trying to flex, but like, uh, <laughs> like he put out a tweet today, and it's a it's a it's a clip from um, from yesterday in, in the fourth quarter. And I want to say it's uh, it, it was who who messes up this defensive possession, and it's so I want to say it's a uh, it's a LeBron uh, LeBron Schroeder pick and roll at the top of the key and. Ricky Rubio and Jared Vanderbilt are covering it. So obviously Vanderbilt's on, uh, on LeBron, they switch it, but Rubio doesn't think they're supposed to switch it. So either one of them messes that up or they both mess it up. And then LeBron's going clean to the rim and then cat peels off of Marcus all, but he high tags. And then ant comes over uh, on a low tag, but he doesn't. So either cat wasn't supposed to high tag or Ant wasn't supposed to come over from the low tag as the role man. And like, so basically my answer was like Malik Beasley in the weak side is the only guy who didn't fuck that up as far as I'm concerned. So like there, like it's, there's just so much going on. Like that's just noisy. It's like hard yeah. to tell, like, well, even if Ryan Saunders is like putting in the right stuff, like they don't get the practice, you know, like I think that's another thing is losses here too. Like teams are practicing like once or twice a week at most. Um, right. It's just, yeah, it's th- this season is wild. I, I really, and especially too, I mean, like they hadn't played since March of last year and obviously they had like the small bubble time, but mm-hmm. um, it's different. I don't know, but I, ultimately I think I agree. Like it, it does come down on the coach and, and the coaching staff and um, I don't know. Just, we'll see. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be incredibly hard to fire flip Saunders son. And that in itself is, maybe a reason that you should have never hired him in the first place with how little experience he had. Um, so we'll see how it plays out, but it's been ugly at times tonight was not as ugly, but um, so I'll, we'll take that as a win in Timberwolves land, but definitely. Well, Katie, I really, really appreciate you taking the time. It was great to great to finally talk for the first time and to, uh, to, to talk some hoops. Yeah, um, thank you so much, Mark. Yeah, of course. I'm you, glad you, that it wasn't the worst Timberwolves game of the season that we <laughs> hey, had. That was a really so. <laughs> game. And it wasn't the worst Pacers game of the season either. So uh, <laughs> a good good time to cross paths. Um, is there anything you want to plug or anything that you're working on that you want people to know about? 
No, I have like not written any NBA or WNBA words and am doing some other work. So that's been exciting. But um, yeah, just, I don't know, just keep watching NBA and WNBA once that comes rolling around too, because free agency has been pretty wild, but that's it. Awesome. Well, Katie, I appreciate you. To everyone listening, of course, go follow Katie. Uh, she's a great follow on Twitter. Um, and most importantly, just have a good rest of your day. Of course, go rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. It always helps us out. We'd love to hear from you and uh, get your feedback and read us over at New Cornrows. Just have a good rest of your day and go Pacers.